0: You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Medides and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC.
1: We have now joining us on Katz and Cosby, Victoria Coates. Of course, who was a Deputy National Security Advisor there under President Trump? Uh, great on foreign policy. And Victoria, uh, we also continue here with Judge Richard Weinberg, also Congressman Peter King, and also the former head of FBI in New York, George Venizelos. Here with me and John, so we've got a great studio here. Uh, Victoria, this is really frightening stuff. We just heard a little bit ago, Iran ratcheting up the rhetoric, saying, you know, we're not afraid. Uh, We're ready for war with America. It's really scary stuff to hear this.
2: Oh, indeed. And it sounds like you guys really have the all-star panel tonight. So good to be with you. The problem we have here, Rita, is the administration has done nothing. There was a really embarrassing announcement out of CENTCOM today that they've taken out another couple of Houthi missiles in Yemen. But that's hardly the strong action that the president has been promising for months now if if our service people are, are killed, which, of course, happened over the weekend when we lost three. And I just point out that instead, we had the equally embarrassing display of the president tweeting about Elmo last night when he should have been meeting with his national security team and planning how to actually brush the Iranians back. So we can't really blame Tehran for not taking this crowd seriously.
0: Yeah, Peter King. Yeah, Victoria, what bothered me the other day, among other things, apart from this entire policy toward Iran, is when the president announces he's going to take strong action, you know, whatever that ends up being, then he gets out of his way to say he's not seeking a wider war. To me, if you're going after the enemy, you can't be defensive. You can't be apologetic up front. Let them think we're going to destroy them. And, then you know, let's see what happens. But to me, it sounds like he's saying, OK, I'm going to take a shot at you, but I really don't mean it.
2: No, that's that's exactly the problem, Congressman. I mean, they they have to stop talking about what they're not going to do and they need to start doing some things uh, because, you know, the longer this goes on. And I'd point out that you know, they've been saying these consequences are, are, are possible for months. So the time to do the planning was months ago. And the time to get the assets into place to show the Iranians that they're going to be consequences was months ago. And instead, we're getting, as you said, this very tepid rhetoric of this is what we don't want. This is what we're not going to do. They have ruled out strikes in Iran. We can debate the wisdom of that. But why would you take it off the table uh, preemptively? And so the Iranians, again, are just going to start pushing back again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Victoria Coates, uh, Judge Weinberg. Welcome back, Victoria. Good to talk to you again. I was at lunch today with a former general of the IDF, Amir Aviva, and he said that he would hope there will be a coalition to go against Iran. And I asked him the question, well, if you don't get that coalition because you have weak leadership coming from the Biden administration, is Israel prepared to go after Iran directly? And his answer was, Israel will do what's absolutely necessary to protect against them getting nuclear weapons and to destabilizing the Middle East. What are your thoughts on
2: that? Well, General Avi is a friend and, and a great spokesman for the IDF and for Israel, and it's good to have him in the United States right now, conveying this strong message. Unfortunately, what we're seeing, particularly today, are some really disturbing uh, signals out of the administration vis-a-vis their support for Israel, uh, and I think. You know, certainly Israel will, will have to do what it has to do. But any strike on Iran would be so much more powerful if it were Israel and the United States together. But today, the administration uh, leaked to their favorite reporter, Barack Ravid. Nothing against Barack; uh, he just takes mm. the what they feed him. But they leaked that they are considering preemptively recognizing a Palestinian wow. state. I saw yeah. that. I, you know. You know now, what?
1: When I saw that it's like you're re- at this moment you're, you're right, rewarding is, the terrorists you're rewarding the terrorists
2: and you're undermining your ally victoria that is shameful yeah i mean and undermining decades of established us policy that the resolution to the conflict between israel and the palestinians will be when there is a negotiated settlement agreed to by both parties not imposed by the united states and this was considered during the Obama administration, but under Obama, it was even considered to be too extreme. Now, apparently, Blinken's thinking is the settlement can't be the end of the negotiating process. Maybe it needs to be the beginning of the negotiating process. But I think he is critically misreading the mood in Israel. There is no appetite for this. You, you, uh, know, what, you know
1: what, though? Did you hear what Blinken said yesterday? Mm-hmm. Uh, to He made... What I thought was, was a very honest comment and a powerful comment. He says that this is the most dangerous time in the Middle East. He said since 1973. Some people contend it's, it's sort of 1938. But he is conceding that it's been 50 years plus that we are in this precipice right now. And then they're going to say we're going to give you, uh, you know, okay, everybody just go back to where you were. Uh, in Does that other words, mean the tunnels? Does that mean
0: the missiles? Does that mean all the munitions? Does that mean the hostage taking? That's the state they're going to recognize.
1: Exactly. That that's the point. Let's just go back. Don't let's forgive everything. Let's just move on and, and don't eradicate Hamas. Also in the process. That is that is so troubling,
2: Victoria. No, it it makes it makes absolutely zero sense, Rita. Because I agree with with Blinken that indeed that they have created the most. They've taken the most stable. The Middle East has ever been under President Trump with the Abraham Accords, and in three short years, turned it into an absolute powder keg. I re- admire him for recognizing that reality, which Jake Sullivan in September did not. But his solution appears to be to light a match and throw it onto the onto the powder keg, and which is exactly what would happen if if the United States took this unprecedented and really egregious step to undermine a critical ally that needs us like
0: never before right now. Yeah. So I, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, because this is Peking. First, I'm, I'm opposed to a state. But if anyone's going to consider it, you can't do it after a terrorist attack like this. What you're saying is we are rewarding them. And uh, to me, that just leads to more terrorism and puts Israel in more jeopardy than ever. And Israel will not accept it. Israel will not accept Why it. Why should and, they accept and they it? They should not. They will not accept it. And all you're forcing Israel to do is you don't want an escalation. You're putting Israel's wall back to the wall. They're going to fight back. They're not going to take it. Don't they understand to the escalating this?
2: Victoria? No. No, I don't think they do. And Israel can't accept it right now. And the other piece of this puzzle is the funding that we've been pouring into Gaza since October 7th, since they attacked Americans and Israelis indiscriminately while they are still holding uh, Americans hostage. Apparently, we had, at, on October 1st, a hundred and 21.3 million appropriated for support for UNRWA. And after it was exposed that UNRWA, the UN Relief Works Agency employees actually participated in October 7th and then provided additional support for Hamas. Once that was proven, uh, the State Department came out and made a big fanfare of freezing that, uh, <laughs> that funding. Uh, the problem is that 121 million was already out the door. Yeah, and the only and thing that was, you like know what was also two percent.
1: And I know you know yeah. this and I'm sure Pete mm-hmm. King knows this too. But <laughs> Trump, when he came in, he froze the money to UNRWA. The one of the first yep. things Biden did was reinstate it. I, I mean, already, as you know, there was a history with these people. They just, you know, didn't even vet them and they suddenly and now they're saying there's twelve hundred people within that uh UNRWA. This is the relief a- the relief agency there in uh in the area there. That group, 1,200, that is a staggering number. Not only did 12 participate in the attack, but 1,200, they believe, are associated, and they came up with a number today, even more, have ties to Hamas and have family members tied to Hamas.
2: Oh, yeah, and so that's 10%, and, and I, I find it disturbing. I suppose I do this, but to have it reminded to me that there are 12,000 People who work for uh, UNRWA in Gaza and that so many of them have these associations is completely corrupt. And what Matt Miller, what the spokesman for the State Department said today was that they, they had hustled all this aid out of the door because they were hoping for more in the next appropriation. Well, that's a bold-faced lie. They hustled it out the door because they probably knew from the Israelis that this was coming and they were going to need to take that action. And the most important thing for them was not to keep the money out of the hands of the terrorists. It was to keep the money flowing to UNRWA. Shameful.
1: Absolutely. You you wonder, like, what policies are they doing that really are helpful to America? It's so counterproductive. Victoria Coates, thank you very much for being with us.
0: Thank you, Victoria. Of course. Thank you all.